We could we could ask the question of which of uh, JD's hair phases has been your favorite. Easily not this one. <laughs> I, I like this. One. I like this one a lot. This is number two, but the uh, PGB Nazi soccer team haircut. <laughs> <laughs> the man bun. The man bun. Bro, the Samurai Jack, man. <laughs> this is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm here with Corey and James. And this week, we have a special guest. This is someone that we have mentioned periodically, if you've been listening to this whole season. This is the the one and only, the infamous J.D. Laird. <laughs> the one and only, infamous. ladies and gentlemen. Infamous. We've mentioned him multiple times. You've probably heard about his hair. Uh, we, have, we have been... <laughs> commenting about jd but today we are bringing you jd so jd Man, welcome what well, it's good to be here honestly from behind the booth to on the podcast i'm working my way up it's good to be here so those of you who don't know um jd runs a business called laird creative and jd is actually the producer behind the bless up podcast so he created our intro and outro music he mixes every episode he makes sure everything gets posted um he basically makes it so that the three of us have a very very easy role and so we are forever thankful for jd but for reasons Mm. so far beyond this podcast we have known him gosh i don't even know how many years and he's been a huge part of all of our church plans yeah been a long time it's been a real long time all right so as we kick this off and jd we'll let you uh we'll let you answer first uh we're gonna we're gonna kick off with this question of what is your favorite thing that you have done for the church that is not a lead role so what's your favorite thing that you've done for the church that is not a lead role wow it's a good question um yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in the church, so I, I've gotten thrown into a lot of odd jobs over the years. Um, you know, if we want to just talk summer camp specifically, there's been some funny jobs that you get thrown into, like water balloon filler. Um, that's always a good one. Water uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say I've never played that role. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. I feel like that's a staple job of every church summer camp. But, um... Man, I don't know. I know my least favorite is floor mat roller. That has to be the absolute worst role that you can get yeah. in the church. And if every the pastor gives you that role, oh you are. You I'm are sorry. I'm sorry pole. that was so obnoxious, and that laugh was right in the microphone. I was not ready for you to say that. And, and instantly, every person who listens to this and has ever been to Third Street is like, "Yeah, yeah, that job sucks." They know. I know. I just. 
I, I just pulled up somebody's heartstrings right there. There's literally this hilarious, there's this hilarious tension after every service at Third Street where nobody wants to leave right away because everybody wants to like hang out and like fellowship and see each other. But also nobody wants to stay too long because then you'll get stuck rolling up the mats. So it's like a, a weekly tension of timing your exit perfectly. Or, or you know, sh- shout out to Dante who just shamelessly starts pulling the and floor Mike. out from under people's feet and mike dante and mike the floor the floor puller outer <laughs> what do you Crazy. guys think what's your what's your favorite role you've had that is not a lead role i mean i i grew up in a small church but like my mom and grandma and my other mothers and some they did everything they did everything but when i came to know jesus as a teenager and i went to the pentecostal church Man, uh, the motto was, if you feel called to ministry, then you need to move chairs. <laughs> so, like, the chair-moving ministry, that was a prerequisite to anything else. Prerequisite. So you had to, like, you had to move chairs first. That was the 101. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was 101. So I moved, me and the homie Max and O'Brien, we moved that sanctuary a whole lot. We got it down to, mm-hmm. like, 20 minutes, whatever event was happening. We just moved those chairs. But I also liked the slides ministry. And I didn't know that there was like an art to worship slides ministry that you like moved the slide halfway through the words that were on the screen. Like I didn't know like that it was this whole like philosophy behind moving slides. But eventually I got it. Eventually I got it. And, you know, I I appreciated the the slides ministry, the worship slides Mm -hmm. ministry. I appreciated that. Was that oh, bro, that's like the most important role. Oh, yeah. I mean, at Third Street, like, when you're up front and you forget the words of that chorus right <laughs> as, about, as you're about to hit, and the slides person forgets to come in with the slides, like, you're done. Like, <laughs> Is that <laughs> why you suddenly you sing different songs? Control, you know? uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no, actually, I was just led by the spirit a different way, Rachel. <laughs> that I forgot the lyrics or anything. Don't, no, don't get it twisted. <laughs> <laughs> listen though i post pandemic i do i love running slides in the back because you just get to see everyone who's there and people are so excited to be back like at church and just in the gym that i i genuinely love watching people worship and running slides in the back right now it's i love it although probably my favorite not upfront job um, I'm thinking back in the day when um, when Corey and I and Deshaun and Jordan and Darnell, like when we were running youth group stuff, my favorite job was just attending the kids' sports and then taking them to McDonald's afterwards. That was my favorite. I love I loved like the, the the food job of like, oh I need a ride home from school. And then they get in the car and they're like, Can we get snacks? I just that that was fun to me. I love just picking up picking up all the kids from Tikva and from school and from whatever and taking them for food. That's a good one. <clears throat> I don't know why, yeah. I mean my mind instantly um <clears throat> Uh, instantly went to the, the the ministry of lifting heavy things 
Uh, mm. Is that favorite? Mm-hmm. Is that sarcastic? Uh, oh, yeah, it was. It's it's a, it's really sarcastic, and I just like if I haven't explicitly <laughs> said it lately, like. Shout out to Jason. You're not sneaky, bro. And like, <laughs> there was a long period of time where like Jason would would call me under the guise of discipleship, but really, what he needed was somebody to help him lift and move heavy things. And like, unfortunately for James, he was there for a lot of it. Where like we just get a call and be like, "Oh, it's Jason. I bet he wants us to do something awesome, like you know, like like feed the homeless or yeah. you know, like like minister in the I'd streets so and pray for people." Like, yeah, we'll yeah. Like like we answer. He'd be like, "Hey, you guys doing anything?" And we're like, "No." And he's like, "Cool. I'm gonna come pick you up." And I'm like, "Yes, this is awesome." And we would like wait anxiously in the I'm not road gonna eat ramen for, for lunch. him to yeah, like for him to come get us. And he scoop us up and be like, "All right, you guys ready?" We're like, "Yeah." He's like, "Cool." we're gonna go like move furniture and i'm like for what like (laughs) and honestly it was it was like a lot of times it was for his office that dude like rearranged his office or changed the furniture in the building that he resided in at that season like 10 different times no no no. it still happens it still happens i'm sure i'm sure but he can't he can't do that crap to me anymore i'm grown now like he just he can't just call me and be like hey man come help me move something heavy i'm grown i got kids now i can be like no but back then back then that's that there was a significant season of my life where i learned most about the church while moving heavy objects <laughs> well hold on wait you just ended that in in a way i was not expecting you learned most about the church yeah while moving heavy objects please do explain well <laughs> i learned a lot of lessons <laughs> Like <laughs> how heavy church furniture is. Oh. <laughs> um, and well, how, I feel like I, I feel like pastors do that, like Mr. Miyagi type stuff, where they're like, yeah. "No, we're going to do this experiential. Like this is serving. This is like you know you yes. like serving on mission." And it's like, no, nah, you're just lifting things. You just didn't want to lift this by yourself. Like this isn't <laughs> teaching me some crazy mystical karate. This is just like you didn't want to do it yourself. Yeah. Like, and I it's gained totally and I gained a deep appreciation. I will say I gained a deep appreciation for church furniture. So like <laughs> So like now when I see like kids putting gum underneath like church furniture, I'm like, "Hey, do you know how freaking heavy that thing was?" Like Somebody got to move that. Like leave it alone and when somebody goes to move it, they're going to stick their finger in it and be like, "Oh, how new is this?" Like I it's it's difficult. Yeah, lots of church church lessons moving heavy furniture. All right, so listen, JD. I know that um, I know that your time in ministry has been spent, yes, leading worship and doing things like that, and that's what most people would see. But you do so much, so much behind the scenes, and always have from the time you graduated. And so, um, just share with just share with our listeners here for a minute um, why why you do so much behind the scenes and why you made this move that you made last year from being a creative arts director to going full time with Laird Creative. Yeah, so I was born in a hospital on Jan- no, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna <laughs> <we> go. uh, <laughs> No, it's kind of crazy. Like 
so I, like I said earlier, like I, I did like grow up in a church, but I never really felt like drawn towards like ministry. Like, I feel like, I don't know if you grow up in the church, you're like, Oh, it'd be so cool to be the guy up front. But I really never felt that. Um, and Loki, the only reason I like got involved in serving in my church is because I like loved playing the drums growing up. And I was like, Oh, this is a band that I could join. So I'm going to join that band and play drums with them. And I was like, I, it just so happened that we were like doing worship music. Um, but you know, it's kind of funny. Like the more, uh, yeah. Like after I went to college and stuff, the more I felt drawn towards like positions of leadership, like within the church. And I did kind of desire the upfront leading. I just kind of like felt a call to, you know, like lead people in worship and, um, you know, serve the church that way. And those were all gifts that I kind of like, like I did not sing or play guitar until like my second year of college, but I kind of like just picked up that skill so that I could like lead in some capacity. Cause I kind of just felt called towards like leadership and anybody uh, who heard me audition for the celebration leader freshman year knows that that's a hundred percent true. Yeah, man. But, um, it, but, it, but in fairness, that, that was before your nose job. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I could, o- I could only, <laughs> I could only breathe out of one nostril at that point. So. Uh, yeah. I, I could sing a lot higher back then, but it's all good. It's, uh, the tone's better now, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, it started that way, but yeah, the more that I've continued to serve, I mean, I've always been a man of like a thousand different interests at once. Like I feel like I had, I'm, I've always dreamt of being the person who's like, I'm super into woodworking and I just love like building wood statues and I just carve Adirondack chairs and I have a business where I do that for 30 years. And that's like the one thing I do like that's I, I appreciate people like that, but that's never been me. I feel like I'm always picking up like new skills. And so in the same way, like when I, once I was a worship leader and I was like learning all these different instruments, I never felt like that was like the end goal. Like I always continued to want to like push into like gifts that God had given me and creating in different ways outside of music even. And, you know, so I started like working on like graphic design projects or finding other ways to serve like the church and third street and just realize like there's such a need for um, like so many different creative arts in the church. And I just felt like there was, I don't know, like when I looked at the church, I just felt like um, there is so much like recycled content for better or for worse. Uh, But like, I felt God was always calling me to like create new things within the church or for the church. Um, And so, yeah, that kind of led me down the path where I'm like, well, you know, I always want to follow this calling I have to create for the church or create, you know, in the church um, or to be a creative part of the church. But, you know, that doesn't have to just be one medium ever. It doesn't just have to be leading worship. It doesn't just have to be, you know, designing graphics. Like I feel like, you know, there's an infinite number of ways to like serve the people of God through creating because it shows so much of like who, you know, the creator God is. And so, yeah, that kind of sparked a lot of things. And, you know, now what I'm doing is uh, like I run a creative agency where I basically do graphic design, video and websites, mostly for like, I have a lot of nonprofit clients and a lot of like people in the workplace too. And I get to create with them, like their branding, how they appear to other people. I get to like develop their story with them 
and really like give an image to so many people's dreams and like kind of put like images to them or videos to them, uh, graphics to them that are able to communicate that like new thing. And so I'm in this like really cool place where I'm able to just like partner with so many people's different ideas in so many different industries, but still create with them and create something new. Um, so I'm still, still creating. It's just, uh, and I'm creating for the church, but it's, yeah, it's <laughs> the ways in which I do that have changed a lot, uh, over the years for sure. Yeah. JD. So I know there's like this, uh, there's this whole thing with people like once you work for a church and once you work in a church, it's kind of difficult. Like when you're not particularly working in the church to still serve the church and give you giftings to it. So I know it's been a COVID year, but like, what does it look like or what do you plan for it to look like for you to still like give your giftings in a local context? Like, even though you don't work for a church anymore. So like, yeah, I feel like when you're tied to a community or like in the church context, a lot of those gifts are absolutely being poured out into your immediate community. And I absolutely love like, that you're kind of just investing in that immediate community around you and like creating for that. Um, and it was really hard to, to move out of the third street community. You know, we had been there since literally day one, like <laughs> literally first mm-hmm. Sunday and you know, all of my, uh, creativity had been really poured into like, whether that's worship sets or graphics for the church. And so it was definitely hard to step away from that being like, you know, where am I going to give these gifts that I've developed, you know, elsewhere and still like serve the church, especially when we're moving to a city where we don't really have like a home church. We don't have a community even close to the one that we had like built there. We're really like starting from scratch. And so I think the more like I prayed about it, the more I realized like that God was absolutely calling me to continue to create, um, but more for the sake of creating and less for um, a specific like institution. And that by creating, regardless of the medium, that was a way of worshiping him, you know, with the gifts that I like had been given. Um, And so, yeah, a lot of that ends up being stuff that I feel like nobody like really sees. Like I, I feel like I am now serving in a lot of ways that's not upfront on a stage in front of people. Um, but it's creating the things that enable them to do ministry. Um, like right as the pandemic hit, like one of the big things that I like spent a ton of time into was developing this thing called church gather online, which obviously like citizens and third street, you know, use, um, as a way for churches to like have some kind of like online platform to be able to guide people through, liturgies and be able to connect in a community in that way. And, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes work really just to enable ministry to happen. And, you know, I think also like with my business being like branding and stuff specifically like in graphics, it was a lot of like working with churches to like create things to be able to communicate those things to their community. And really it became this thing where I'm like, I'm just creating the tools that churches can use to multiply their communities and pour into their communities. 
And so I kind of had to take like a broader perspective of trading where I'm not just pouring into one community, um, but by creating and partnering with a bunch of different like businesses or churches, I am in a way like creating these tools for them to be able to pour into their communities. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. As, as I'm listening to you, uh, talk about this, I'm remembering, um, you know, specifically when you, when you say like, uh, when you talk about your, you know, your passion for, for the branding side of things, like the more like creative thing side of things that I, I like, it makes me think of conversations that I know you and I had back in the day where like you would talk about, you would talk about like the branding or like the way things look. And I'm like, why does this crap matter? Like, who cares what color it is? Who cares, like, like how this stuff and like, but here's the thing. You had an answer. Like you like, you like had like, had like thought about this. Talk to, uh, talk to us a little bit about like, about the importance of, you know, some of the, some of the subtle, like behind the scenes branding related things, like why those are important, what they, what they say about who you are, um, and, and why it's important to have like, um, yeah, to have, to have, uh, energy focused in that direction. Yeah, for sure. I think like, to answer that indirectly, of course, as a creative would, I like <laughs> kind of like want to approach it because I'm kind of a person who like, although I have a lot of different hobbies, I'll get completely obsessed with a hobby for like a super short amount of time. Yeah. And there's nothing that I'm really like a light. I'm not like a light fan of anything. Like if I'm a fan of it, yeah. I know pretty much every detail about it. Like no matter what, yeah, like, bro, t- tell me people- more about sports cards. <laughs> are we talking like <laughs> panini prisms like what are we talking yeah, about yeah right right, um, right. <laughs> but that's the thing like I, I'll, I don't pick up stuff casually i'm always looking at the furthest amount of detail to go into stuff like when i'm listening to an album that just comes out like i'm looking for the lyrics i'm looking for the sound like i would love to know who the producer is on it and they're signed to this label so that's because they're trying to associate with this and this is their marketing strategy to try to get their like whole thing across. Like I super analytical on that side. And that's just like a part of my personality is that I love like just analyzing things to a crazy degree. And so when it comes to like branding, you know, I think like a lot of people, just like with music, they'd be like, Oh yeah, it's a good album. And I'm always asking the question, like, why, like, why is it a good album? Why does that resonate with you? Why does that connect to your story in some way? because there's so much of the creative process across the board that connects to people's story. And that's why things resonate, but there's a lot of elements that you can use to be able to like communicate yourself better. So I think that's why I fell in love with like branding is because I looked at things, brands, companies that I was like, wow, I'm really like compelled by their vision or their products or the difference like that. But then I was immediately like, but why? Or like even churches, for example, they're churches who you have never gone to on a Sunday morning, but they're able to communicate their vision and their mission and their brand from, you know, just through the internet, just through a few social graphics that you've seen. And I'm like, why? Like, how are they able to do that? Um, and, and so I'm always looking at like the analytics because, or just, and I'm always looking analytically at the little things that build up to that. So like when it comes to branding, you know, sometimes, 
like you choose specific fonts because they communicate a specific tone. You know, if you're trying to like organize a giant fundraiser for some serious cause and you're using, you know, comic fans (laughs) on your poster, (laughs) you're communicating something totally different. You know what I mean? So you're saying theoretically, if somebody were to want to pen a really, really mean letter, that was both meant to burn maybe somebody who just left the business or the organization um, and uh, but also wanted to communicate to their true fans uh, and consumers that, you know, uh, a sense of confidence. You they wouldn't want to use Comic Sans. <laughs> I would suggest not. OK, uh, okay. but okay. Uh, you could. Are you writing uh, that currently? Uh, no, but but I was thinking specifically of when Dan Gilbert wrote a letter uh, trying to scorn <laughs> LeBron for leaving Cleveland the first time. Like, I just the only thing I remember Using about that letter sense. was that he used Comic Sans for the letter. No the way. only thing I remember about it. <laughs> I did not know that. Which I think That's goes incredible. to your point. Like, well, at least it made it memorable, but it was not. It did not convey <laughs> the confidence in the organization that I think he was going for. <laughs> Oh, absolutely not. And that's the thing is like, like all those little details, whether it's font or color or your logo or different stuff like that, like all of that is trying to communicate the story that you're getting across, right? Like every good idea, every created company, every side hustle starts with like this dream of like, oh, this is what I want to like make or create for people or like serve to people. But then like the way that you communicate it, is everything like that the elements that build up your message are so important to actually communicating like what you want to get across you know and so for me i'm just like enthralled by like pairing all these different things whether it's like fonts and colors and logos and creating that from scratch that are able to make people's like dreams the exact thing they want to like bring into the world and that's just such a crazy concept to me so here's what I'm thinking while you've been talking and I'm looking at looking at these two. This is such a picture of how intricately woven together and how needed every little piece of the community is. Because I know definitively neither Corey or James is even remotely passionate about anything that you just said. <laughs> but, but you, she got oh, that. By, she got that from looking at us. She's like, she's like looking at us. She's like, yeah, they're not passionate. No, but I know, I know you guys. I and, can tell. And this, this is not something that either one of them even remotely care about. But I know, I know how cool their bumper videos are at their churches, uh, and yeah. how cool their graphics are, and and how well communicated everything is put together. Because you, I have seen literally take the ideas from their head and put them into something visual that every person who sits in front of them can connect with. And you take the ideas that they have and that I have with absurd. I remember sitting down with you and throwing this conference out there and being like, is this even possible? And you're like, Hey, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And this is what the website needs to be able to do. And this is how this needs to function. You have this ability to take somebody's idea and make it a creative, tangible 
reality that every person can connect with because you see the way colors and fonts and graphics and 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 pictures and images and everything come together and if that's not exactly what the church is or at least should be like every part has to value the other in order for it to function and when you look at the disciples that Jesus called to come together they're all so different. Why do you think we so easily remember some of the names of the disciples and we don't easily recall others? It's because some of them were gifted to be the mouthpieces and other were, others were gifted to be the ones who went behind the scenes and took notes and made things happen and put things together. And and Paul wrote things, but Barnabas kept him on track. And you look at, you know, even, you know, you look at in the Old Testament, you had Esther who made things happen, but you had Mordecai who planted thoughts and ideas and gave her confidence. And there's different people who are gifted in different ways. And if they don't have each other, the things never fully come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a gift. It's a gift. And I think Rachel it just speaks to it speaks to creation and it speaks to how we're all uniquely created in God's image and we all bear a piece of his image that is uniquely different. And it shows the bigness, it shows the grandeur, it shows the glory of God that he is the he is the sum total of every human who's ever existed and more. Like and his image rests on all of them. Like JD is like a, is a cultural interpreter. Yeah. Like I, I literally, I just sent him right now. Cause it didn't send earlier. It looks like chicken scratch in my <laughs> notebook. I'm like, I'm not kidding. I just sent him like some things that I need in slides. And I know that it's going to come back beautiful. And I'm going to present it to fundraise. And it's like, I just have pure confidence in yeah. Mm-hmm. With with very little for me, I don't know about you, Corey, but it's it's very it's very little for me. What's very little? I give JD. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So oh. <laughs> won't you be my neighbor, Mister Rogers? Can you make something that looks like that? Yeah, <laughs> I've seen those graphics that I you usually, guys have been posting. Yeah. I usually just give just give JD like titles. I'm like, yo. Here's a title of something that I'm doing. I have no imagination for what it looks like. What do you think it looks like? And he's like, uh, I'll work on something. And I always leave the conversation like, I'm a freaking idiot. Like, I don't know. Like, that wasn't helpful at all. It's probably going to, like, not be good. And then he comes out with something, and I'm like, I didn't know that was what was in my head. But, that but that's like- what was in my head. Like, absolutely. <laughs> so, JD, let me ask you something. This is entirely out of the creative lane. Um, this is totally flipping this on its head, but, um, I know, I know that you have made some really hard decisions in the past year and you have agonized over some things that you and, and your wife, Jules have been trying to figure out. And so, um, just give us, just give us like the, 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 the short version of like, how do you make how do you make those really, really hard, life-altering career decisions? I think the one thing that, like, over the course of, like, just my relationship with God that he taught me is that, like, when he calls you to something big, like, 
the things that he's going to deliver on the other side of that are even bigger than what you think you're facing. And the blessing that is potentially on the other side of that is even bigger than you could have imagined in your current situation. But it's probably going to look a ton different than you could imagine it. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things where you don't know anything except the direction. You don't know anything except like a few bits of information and you do kind of just have to like, you know, take the step and be like, all right, guys, like I did this. Now you do whatever (laughs) and kind of be open-handed about what that means. Like, so in the past year for people who are like are listening, who don't know, like me and my wife moved to upstate New York and she's from here. So she had, you know, built a community. We moved here to be closer to family. I'm not from here. Um, and obviously we were leaving Canton where we had been for six or seven years and had developed like a really rich community and, um, just had so much connection and history there that it really had become a, like a home away from home in a lot of ways. And yeah, obviously 2020 was a crazy year. I mean, we had the pandemic, we left in the middle of that pandemic to move to a completely new state. And my career option went from a stable university with healthcare to us both uh, working at, for our own businesses, trying to build those. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's like <laughs> on paper, not very uh, set in stone. Not ideal. Uh, our, our parents had a lot of questions like, you're really going to you're really going to move there and not look for jobs. You're just going to build your own. And yeah, I go for that. So anyways, it did take a, it was a big leap in that way. Um, but what it really boiled down to was, I mean, in Canton, like we really were at a really hard spot when we left and when God had called it to us, like we knew that things were really difficult. I think we were like, it's funny how even when you are at the top of like leadership and you're running a lot of things, especially in the church, you can feel so isolated from that exact community that you're leading and i mean it was really like it's it seems crazy because like on the surface you're like oh it's a great community you're hugely involved in it but honestly like to keep it all the way real like Corey, bro like you were maybe my only friend at certain points in canton where i was just so busy running around doing everything and being involved in all these different leadership opportunities that i had become like such a workaholic and I felt like I was like, well, I'm suffering. So that means I'm being a good Christian. And I, but I was lacking like a necessary thing, which is like community or any sense of like, um, a lot of people pouring into me. And then with Jules and I's relationship, like I was going so much and like doing all these different things that our marriage was suffering because there was just so much time apart from each other. And, you know, there was just like, obviously she's working at the same time. So she like her hours never matched up with my hours. And so there's a lot of stuff like that that was going on behind the scenes that really we didn't see it as like difficult because we were like, this is just life. And so when we felt this urge to be like, and then an opportunity to move, we were just like, uh, no, everything's fine. Why would we do that? But I mean, the more we committed ourselves to prayer, we didn't have answers as to why it would be better. We just simply felt like he was calling us to it without the peace of knowing if it will be better at all. 
And I mean, I'm so incredibly grateful to say that like on the other side of it, even a year later, every single area that was difficult for us is like, we are in an absolutely amazing place. Like in our marriage, like I feel like just in our season of life too, like things are thriving for both of our businesses. Like the fact that we survived through COVID and, you know, my wife's a wedding photographer. So in an event industry in the middle of COVID, like (laughs) everything got canceled, you know, (laughs) it was not, it was insane. Um, and so just God has been so incredibly, uh, generous to us through the move. And we just feel so much peace where we are now, but there's absolutely no way we could have imagined that before we left. And there was no guarantee of it whatsoever. It's just an absolute testimony to like God meeting you where you're at. And I feel like when you take that like step, it's like so cliche because everyone always says like, Oh, take the step. And you know, but like, it really is that way when you are, when you put something at God's feet and say, here you go, like he will multiply it. It's not like an if, like he is a gracious God who like pours out blessing. That's right. And in a way, it's not, it's not surprising that he would solve all of the problems that we were facing that we had no answer for there because we were like willing to sacrifice, you know, everything to follow just that leading, you know, bro, you said it, man. You said it. And what I appreciate, ah, oh man, this sucks because I'm not good at saying nice things. What I appreciate so much about, about you is that like, and we've covered it throughout this podcast, like you have, you have what, uh, what all of us ultimately need in the faith, which is, which is just a willing heart. It's a willing heart that says like, I'm going to do like, I don't need to be up front. I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the behind the scenes things. Um, I'm passionate about goofy things like branding and videos and the way things look. And so I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that to actually benefit, like benefit a kingdom community. Um, and, and you are so willing to make the hard decisions that even, even when your friends, uh, don't, don't, don't want you to, uh, to have to make these tough decisions or don't want to, uh, agree with the decision that you know is right. Uh, man, like you're, you're, you're willing to go there and I, and I appreciate and value that about you. Um, we've covered all of that in this podcast and there's only one thing that we haven't covered that I'm going to work into this final question. Right. So, so, so in just, so in just a, 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 a short answer. Okay. If you had mm-hmm. to give a word of encouragement, ready for this? If you had to give a word of encouragement uh, to the person who um, who needs to, who just needs that little bit of boost to be able to strike out on their own, um, whether it's to, to, to start a new business or to make a difficult decision um, or just that encouragement to continue to, uh, to serve. Like if you had to give a word of encouragement to the, to the unseen hero, what would you say? And what's the album they're listening to while they're being encouraged? Go. <laughs> oh man. What a question. I love all of this. Um, I, okay. Unfortunately, like my, like my wife makes fun of me all the time. Cause I'm straight up a challenger ever before I'm an encourager. So I actually have to start with a challenge on this. Um, but to your first question, about like my word of encouragement. I mean, I know from the demographics that I've looking at a lot of pastors listen to this, a lot of church leadership listens to this podcast. 
And I just feel like the conviction is that what I've learned over the past, like I'm super young in my marriage. I don't know a lot at all, but your first ministry is to your household. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it is so easy to get caught up in all of your leadership opportunities and all the things you're involved in externally. But if you are not taking care of who is under your roof, the people closest to you, then like you are not serving God in the way he's called you to. And to me, that's been a huge challenge that I've like, has been a root of a lot of these decisions. Um, because yeah, I was leading externally a lot of different ministries. I was doing a lot of different things like on the stage in front of other people, but ultimately like I had to make a choice to, to serve my household first and serve, you know, my wife and my family first. And that is absolutely what he's called us to do. I don't care how big your church is or your ministry is. Like mm-hmm. if you are not leading that well, then you do not have your priorities in check. Yep. So that's my challenge. <laughs> What's the album? Uh, Indeed, you gotta serve. You gotta serve whiskey too. Absolutely. By the absolutely. way, whiskey's my, his dog. My, just to clarify, <laughs> my dog. You can serve whiskey too. Real whiskey. <laughs> I was gonna say hey, I'll do both. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Um, but then a word of encouragement to everyone, I guess, who are starting things is that. I feel like we serve a creator God and Corey, you always say that we serve a God who is infinitely more creative than we are. Um, and so my encouragement to people who might have that God dream that they're like, oh, I've always wanted to start this. They're like, man, if I just had the free time, like I just got to start this. Like we serve a God who is infinitely more creative than you are. And he's the one who gave you that idea. Boom. So just start it. Boom. And just freaking do it. Just freaking do it. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. He's got the answers as to how it's going to work out. I was a music major. Okay. (laughs) And now I run a branding agency. Like what? (laughs) Okay. Like he has the answers as to why he's calling you to that idea. So just pursue it and make time for it. You don't have an excuse as to why you don't have time for it. Um, And in order to, man, push you to do that, I mean, I want to recommend J. Cole's newest album because it is so good, man. Phenomenal. Just phenomenal. He is absolutely incredible. All right. Well, there you have it. There you have it. Just freaking do it and listen to J. Cole. (laughs) I mean, like, but look at that man real quick after just what I just said. The dude is hooping in Africa. Grand Africa. (laughs) It came to an end. But at the age of like 36, decided like, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue that hoop dream. I'm going to play professionally somewhere, you know, and he's doing it, man. So, you know, you're never too old. Just chase your dreams, man. It's a cold world. uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) All right. So listen, that wraps up season one of the bless up podcast thank you so much everybody who has taken this journey with us over the course of season one we are so glad that you have been with us we'll be back with you in a few weeks we're taking a break here taking the sabbath that we preached about uh last episode and the three of us me Corey, and james with our amazing producer jd laird of laird creative agency we will all be back in season two. Thanks. Bless up. Bless up.